Early on Sunday morning, President Joe Biden slipped out of a DC in the dark without any notice. Fast forward 40 hours and Biden was walking the streets of Kyiv with Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky as air raid sirens rang out in the capital. Putin thought Ukraine was weak and the West was divided. He thought he could outlast us. I don't think he's thinking that right now. God knows what he's thinking, but I don't think he's thinking that. But he's just been plain wrong. And that's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President, for as long as it takes. We'll do it. Yeah, the trip, a defiant display of solidarity, was also met with an extra half a billion dollars in weapons support and comes as the anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine looms. But the timing of his visit is considered a deliberate rebuke of the Russian president as Putin prepares to take the podium for a planned address this evening, our time here in Australia. John Herbst is a former US ambassador to Ukraine and senior director of the Atlantic Council's Eurasia Centre. Welcome to you, John. How important important was it for President Joe Biden to be in Kyiv days before the anniversary of this invasion? It was absolutely necessary for him to go to demonstrate American continued support for Ukraine. As you know, other world leaders have been there. Boris Johnson, as Prime Minister of Britain, was there like nine or ten months ago. So it was time for him to go. And this was the right occasion to do it since he was going to be in Warsaw to deliver an important speech today. So going yesterday to Kiev was a smart move. Um, The timing obviously is important for the anniversary, but the timing of Putin's address to his nation this evening can't be really ignored. Do you think that this will result in any stronger rhetoric from uh, Vladimir Putin this evening? Well, it, it just might, but I think Putin's rhetoric was going to be truculent in any case. And let's keep in mind that Putin decided on his speech once he knew that Biden was giving a speech in Warsaw. Uh, obviously, getting into Kyiv securely is no small feat. What is the scale of planning and preparation and secrecy involved in making a trip like this possible? Well, I, I give credit to both the White House and to uh, Zelensky's office for keeping this thing quiet. I mean, the, the, everyone, the whole world is always watching the movements of the president of the United States. And a great deal of thought is given to the security of the president whenever he goes abroad, or for that matter, when he travels in the U.S. So you can be sure there were hours and hours of planning, probably around the clock, from the moment they decided to take this trip. You've outlined Biden's three-part strategy as one, rallying allies and partners to provide weapons and aid, two, imposing major sanctions on Moscow, and three, bolstering NATO's defences in the East. You say, while that's sound, the policy is neither strong nor visionary. Why is that? Look, um, President Biden has not defined, this is most important for the American people, but not just, why we are providing all this aid to Ukraine. He's used general terms about the international order, which are not false, but he has not explained that, in fact, Putin's pursuing an aggressive foreign policy that will go beyond Ukraine if he wins in Ukraine. And he, he has stated, senior officials have stated, they want to have a substantial political control across the entire space of the former Soviet Union, which includes 14 other nations, or 15 other nations, and, and, and three of those are NATO members. So he's a direct danger to American uh, security and American prosperity. The president should lay that out to the American people so the majority support we see now for our policy grows. 
If you just tuned in, John Herps, the former US ambassador to Ukraine, is here talking about Biden's visit to Kyiv here on RN Drive. And John, I heard a, a quote from a Ukrainian sniper uh, in reporting yesterday saying essentially they're worried that the Russians may never run out of troops, but of course uh, the Ukraine will. I suppose that's where your call for more US aid to Ukraine comes in, tanks, advanced fighter planes and long-range missiles. How exactly would they bolster Ukraine's chances? Would that ensure a Ukrainian victory? I think there's a very high correlation between between providing those weapon systems and a Ukrainian victory. And not just a correlation, but a correlation in good time. With those things, Ukraine would be able to if given in quantity and quickly, they'd be able to break out into the south with a new counteroffensive, drive, break the land bridge which leads from Moscow through Donbass to Crimea, force Russian troops in the south to retreat into Crimea, and make it very hard for Putin to supply his his troops and, for that matter, his civilian administration in Crimea. It would be it would it could probably lead to the end of the war, and. Uh, the war going on and on and on, A, risks defeat, and B, means substantial costs, first and foremost for the people of Ukraine, but also for the broader world, and for that matter, for the people of Russia. All those unfortunate Russians who are being mobilized and sent in human death waves to attack Ukrainian positions. Those weapons that you want the US to give Ukraine currently aren't on offer. Why is that, and what are the circumstances where that could change? Well, well, here we come to the, you might say, the pattern of Biden administration diplomacy. They understand that it would be a disaster for Russia to win, so they've done a great deal to make that very hard. Um, but they've also been rather timid and slow in sending the, the equipment, the military equipment, that Ukraine needs. This has been true since the very start of this big invasion a year ago. They say no, 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 for example, on anti-ship missiles, for example, on HIMARS with a range of 85 kilometers, and then they decide to send it. Now we're, hearing, we're seeing the same pattern repeated with uh, longer-range uh, artillery and missiles like the Attackums, which have a range of 300 kilometers. We're seeing the same thing with the F-16s. And we saw it recently with the same thing with tanks. And even though the decisions were made to send tanks, they're going via a very slow process. Instead of getting them there in the spring or early summer, so they can be used for an offensive this year. This has been the pattern. I think the Biden administration is self-deterring because of Putin's nuclear threats, which is also not a very good look for a superpower. We'll have to leave it there. Uh, I do appreciate your analysis. John Herbst is the former US ambassador to Ukraine. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.